at lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where if we had a studio bathroom, we'd have a sign that said, too cool for stool. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Hello, or should I say, Zdravstvo to all our Russian listeners. <laughs> that is true. And welcome back, Curtis. We we're just coming back off of a break. Um, how are you feeling? Feeling re- recharged, re-energized, ready for a good show? Yeah, I definitely feel uh, feel uh, recharged. Um, you know, been a busy summer, uh, but uh, you know, covering the Olympics and everything. Yeah, um, but it was a fu- it was a fun Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we go on to Olympics, I wanted to kind of met, uh, circle back to your comment about the Russian listeners. So, uh, yeah, I, I I shared with Curtis about a week ago I, an email. Again, another sketchy email about the podcast, and it all it read was the existentialist cucumber is ranking very well in Russia, and the email wrote read hello. How's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your podcast, The Existentialist Cucumber, has good performance in Apple Podcast ranking in the last 30 days. We're in position 78 in the category of entertainment news in Russia. <laughs> so click on this link provided in podstatus.com and and i jokingly when i sent that to you i think i said if i click on this link it would probably melt my phone yeah yeah i think that would be that'd be permanent (laughs) irrecoverable damage to whatever device you use to click on that link but yeah we, we we took a bit of a summer break if you will but uh Curtis, you were working hard at the Olympics um, in Tokyo. Well, not you weren't mm-hmm. in Tokyo, but you were working Tokyo primetime hours, right? I was working Tokyo hours in Canada. So getting up at three in the morning, working till about noon or one every day um, to, you know, edit our, our Olympic package, which looked really good. The reporters that we had uh, on the ground and the photographers that we had on the ground in Tokyo did a fantastic job. Um, which uh, made things a lot easier, but yeah, it, it was it was pretty much my entire life for for uh, two and a half weeks. So, so what what did you find getting ready for that new working hours, that new shift working hours, harder than recovering from it, or what what was worse? Can you... recovering from it wasn't too bad, um, and, and in fact, uh, I sort of finished up. Uh, my last shift at uh, sort of like 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, I guess Sunday, August 8th. Sort of had that day to like hang around and then I was back at work at uh, 9 a.m. Monday. So I didn't get any recovery time after the uh, the Olympics. I just went right, like right back to work immediately. And, uh, uh, you know, I took two days off that week and sort of had a four-day weekend and once I got through that, I think I was pretty much back on on regular time. Did but last you... time I had to do a, a, an Olympics in that time zone. Uh, my wife and I had just got back from Thailand, so it was so it was seamless. Like okay. I definitely, I definitely missed that ramping up, ramping up from North American Eastern sleeping hours to uh, Tokyo time was was pretty tough this time around. 
now now did did you develop any weird habits in getting ready for that evening shift like eating weird snacks or drinking lots of coffee to kind of adjust or no i just have one pot of coffee at um one pot (laughs) not a cup (laughs) one one sort of like yeah like 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 uh yeah, one cup, one cup, uh, like okay. a big mug, a big mug of coffee at three in the morning. What did happen though is like we, I think we had like a rat die in our our walls, um, because there was this stench from the basement, uh, for a couple of weeks that was like appalling, and we looked everywhere to, to figure out where it was coming from, and 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 couldn't find it, and then but we could kind of pinpoint where it was and we couldn't find anything so we figured that a, r- a rat must have died in the wall so that was to be the first thing that hit me as i got downstairs you know like which was this waft of of of, of decaying odor, decaying odor coming up from the basement so that woke me up pretty good because like you walk down and you're like uh, and then whew, when you get a whiff of that you're like jesus that smells and then you know then you're ready to go to work there, there yeah welcome to work <laughs> Yeah, there's there's the case for uh owning a a snake just let it cut it run run yeah. run loose in your back so um all right so we've it's it, the olympics have been over for i guess almost about a month now but um uh i thought it'd be still be interesting to kind of for you to share some of your olympic stories and we can talk about some of this the things that happened the olympics so um yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun to cover just because there was a lot of good stories and all the good Canadian stories. Like for the second Olympics in a row, the Canadian women really set the tone, especially early on. I think they had all of Canada's medals through the first half mm-hmm. of the games, and uh, and uh, you know continued to deliver. Like the the women's soccer gold was such a massive thing for me because. Uh, you know, this is a lot of a lot a lot of the uh, players had been uh, been through like some heartache on that team. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 last two Olympics uh, getting bronze, which is an ac- excellent result, but especially in the the London Olympics, like losing that heartbreaker to the United States in the uh, in the uh, in the semifinals. Like, uh, yeah, it was just. Um, and Sinclair just, was due. Yeah, Sinclair was absolutely due. Like, yeah, she deserves, given her body of work, she deserves an Olympic gold medal as 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 part of her legacy. It was great that they beat the United States in the in the semifinal. That was awesome, you know. Uh, and then and then you know they had a tough match against Sweden. And uh, you know, normally teams that 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 I'm kind of pulling for don't win penalty shootouts. You know, <laughs> so it was. <laughs> And and they had to come back like it was a crazy penalty shootout. They had mm-hmm. to come back from like two shots down to to win that. Like it was so improbable. Uh, so that was amazing. Um, can I can I say one thing about the, the Canadian women winning gold over the U.S.? Another thing that made made me smile about it was um, it, what's the U.S. team captain uh, Becky Becky Sauerbrunn? Is that her name? I mean, I, I I may butcher her name and I apologize, but um, they were CBC was running her subway commercial nonstop. Oh really? And I was just like, <laughs> I just want her to lose because I just can't stand these commercials. <laughs> it's like this obnoxious commercial where all these other people are eating other fast foods, which mm-hmm. and and she's kicking the ball and like knocking it out of their hands. 
like causing this mess. Yeah, and the, 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 the commercial is just so obnoxious. Like, I, you know, I get it. It's a commercial, whatever. But it, was, it yeah. just it just it just got to me. And I was just like, I hope they lose just for yeah. these commercials. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Um, um, so there was the obviously the uh, women swimming like Penny Alexiak basically yeah. showing yes. her dominance with with the, with her team. Yeah. Um, so she became the most decorated olympian she's like 21 i think so she's mm-hmm. got like you know she'll be 24 in paris like she's gonna just build on that but uh mm-hmm. you know yeah so so she's the most decorated uh olympian but not far behind is andre de Grasse, uh mm-hmm. who um you know added another three medals uh including finally his first olympic gold in the uh, 200 and what I love about this guy is when you watch him run, first of all, his physique is, is a lot different than like, you know, sort of like when you think about, you know, Donovan Bailey, you know, style runner, even, even Usain Bolt, definitely more mm-hmm. built than, than DeGrasse. Well, the um, same with has, has that height, right. And that, that lanky heightness, but you're right. The, the yeah. those sprinters tend to be tanks. Yeah. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're just, just extremely powerful. Yeah, they're just so explosive, right? And yeah. he is like he's he's you know much shorter and 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 much sort of uh more I guess he he's he's less built than than a lot of these guys. But but when you watch him run like and his style is so weird. His starts are appallingly bad. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's slow off his, the line. He's yeah. he's totally slow off the line. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll use I'll I'll use air quotes slow. Yeah, like... yeah, yes, and, and and let me and let me be clear when I say appallingly bad, I mean for an elite, exactly, <laughs> exactly not for me. Not, <laughs> not, not, not if not if not if you you and I were lining them up, lining up next to him yeah. and say, okay, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely no, no. his weakest, his weakest point. But he, uh, but like his, he he just he, he and in that two hundred, it's like he's sort of like. Sort of the middle of the pack, middle of the pack, and then at the one hundred meter mark, he just goes poof and takes off, and he's just like tears it up over the last half of a race. Well, it's it's that perfect constant acceleration that he does, right? Like there are runners that kind of get up there very quickly and then they kind of plateau. But you're right, like his his speed curve is kind of always in an upward diagonal trajectory. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, so. Yeah, great, great on him. Uh, there was a great showing of the decathlon men's gold. That was also a, a I, I, it was a bit of a surprise, right? Like I did, I knew he, like he, no, he was, he was a, he was, was definitely a gold medal favorite going in. Okay, Damian Warner. Yeah, uh, he had just he, he in the in the uh, event. Um, I think it was in Austria at a at a meet in Austria. He had like put in a dominating performance and that so people were like well look at look for this guy going in and he like he i think he he got his his total um is something that only two two or three other people have have done you know like getting like four thousand points or higher and it's just it just amazes me it's like it starts i think it starts with like the hundred hundred meter dash right and then Mm -hmm. you've got and then you've got pull you got pole vault, you've got javelin, you've got discus, you've got shot put, you've got 400 meters, 
you've got hurdles like it's just it's just an insane display of athleticism just being able to do all of those things at such a high level the long jump apparently his uh, damon warner's long jump was so good that if he had it just like entered in the open long jump competition he would have got bronze <laughs> amazing well yeah. I, I think the whole point of the, in in the cathlon is it's a point system right so as yes. you do each one it's there's some type of totality at the end that, that determines who wins the gold but, but a great you know decent showing for canada right oh there was another one with the was it women's it's it's not just regular rolling, but it's like that. I, I, I is it like it's a giant team? Like, yeah, women's like eight, eights. women's eights. Women's yeah, eights. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a big ticket rowing event. The eights, mm-hmm. like like both of those eights events and and golden women's eights was was amazing too. Uh, you know, and, and uh, even even bronze and softball, like that was the first time Canada's won bronze and softball, and that and that was a team you know, that, that was really disappointed going into that bronze medal game and then just kind of really showed up. And then they had like some of the, some of the best quotes afterwards were from that team. Like, uh, it's funny because one of the guys that we had down there is like normally our hockey writer and he covered both the softball and the women's eights rowing. And he was saying like, you know, in those two events, you got, you got, you got better quotes than 10 years of being on the NHL beat. <laughs> Was it just because they were just so ecstatic and, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It could be because they're not, they're not trained in front of the press, right? Like uh, pro pro athletes go through that whole training of how, this is how you conduct an interview and they're pretty, yeah. you know, they got their script ready to go versus, a lot of these uh, Olympic athletes, like they're unscripted. Absolutely. Right? Like, wasn't think... there that story of the uh, the Australian swimmer dropping the f bomb? Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. I, I I I think it was an Aussie. I, I mean, yeah. I could be wrong with the sport, but uh, yeah, yeah. But but didn't you 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 had a funny story about the Olympic lift uh, professionally? Because I think you guys were were caught off guard a bit with one of the medals, right? Yeah, like. Um... When when Maud Sharon won her weightlifting medal, um, we didn't have it targeted as like a potential medal going in. Um, I think we we should have obviously uh, because she won gold, <laughs> and uh, I think if we had like maybe some better intelligence going in, we would have we would have uh, we would have targeted that one. So I had to kind of scramble and do it from the desk, and then and then the next day she had like a media availability because I think a lot of people might've been caught out by it. So she had a media availability the next day we were able to do a good follow. But as a result, like, you know, for other Canadian weightlifting, uh, like for other, for other weightlifting uh, events that are the Canadian, we were, we were a bit more, a bit more cognizant of what was going on. So um, uh, there was one guy, I think his name was Bodhi Santavi. He was in one of these uh, uh, events and uh, Canadian guy, and he he was in like the third place position for I don't know almost the entire tournament. But there was one guy, this guy from uh, Qatar, um, what was his name? Fariz Fariz El Bak, and 
he declared in the clean and jerk this insane weight that nobody nobody had touched. It had to be like maybe ten kilo, uh, ten uh, kilograms higher than the, than the next highest declaration. So all these guys are jostling for position, you know, going up a couple of kilograms, going down a couple of kilograms, all this kind of stuff. And the Canadian guy is in third for most of the of of the event, and in fact. Only this guy is left, and the Canadian guy is still in third. And this guy hasn't lifted yet because his his declaration was so high. And you know, I think I think the prevailing thought was like he, you know, he just he just wanted to see if he could like mess with people mentally and see if they would like change their weights or whatever. And nobody bought it, so he's just going to have to lift it, right? You know. And uh, he's probably not going to be able to do it. And lo and behold, he gets up there and in an almost like effortless motion, just lifts lifts up his weight and then just heaves it over his head and wins the gold medal in one lift. It was amazing. Because usually they, they do like three, are they allowed three lifts or something like that? Usually yeah. you climb the ladder, right? So you right. kind of yeah, stake you, it. And then you're you... allowed to do three lifts and you know your best one counts and uh and 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 you know that's why like there's so much management that goes on with the weights because like you know you could be like this guy like but say 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 that his gambit didn't pan out right and he's got three lifts but at some stupid weight and then he you know and then and then and then he sort of you know he 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 blows his three opportunities he just, right he just called upon the power of grayskull he did he did it was pretty it was pretty impressive and and uh and then i think a guy from from qatar won the won the gold the next the next day in high jump that's the one where he shared it with that italian guy mm. they they both had sort of like the instead they they both had cleared a certain amount and then instead of having a jump off they decided to split split the gold medal um so i was like wow qatar is maybe turning into a bit of a powerhouse and then that was it they just got those two but it was pretty awesome that they came on back-to-back nights yeah uh i i want to kind of bring up this story this is probably usually something that we bring up in our headlines but i'll i'll, I'll read this one headline and we could talk about the story which is german pentathlon coach thrown out for punching horse this was a really, really bizarre story because I went down the rabbit hole because I went, why would they punch their own horse? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it's not her horse. The whole point of this modern pentathlon is you are only given the horse and you're given just 20 minutes to bond with the horse um, that you've never ridden on. And then you go and do your jumps. Yeah. Which... Which maybe gave me a lot more respect for this sport because I was just like, oh, I thought they brought their own horses because that just seems really insane that you would do all this training for the sport and not use the equipment or the you know your partner right. I assume there's some bonding that, but you have 20 minutes to get to meet this horse, which the horse can be a complete jerk. But yeah. I guess in this case, it 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 didn't like her or the horse was a jerk, and yeah, they they. The coach was told to hit it really hard and they ended up just like just closed fist punching it it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy like uh the 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 five events so it's that it's the riding with the 
with the added pressure of bonding with the horses. There's exactly. A, there's, a, there's a swimming component, a fencing component, a shooting component, um, which is a uh, it's a it's 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 a laser. It's the laser run. It's a combination of running and shooting events. Hmm. So each competitor runs four eight hundred meter laps, each preceded by hitting five targets with a with a pistol. Oh, so it's like it's like the biath uh, like Olympic the uh, winter biathlon, right? Yeah, but it's a laser gun that they use. Oh, eh, still like the rifle uh, that the guys use in the winter. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's a weird it's a weird sport. Well, I, what other kind of new sports that were added was the the speed um, speed climbing, right? Yeah, there was climbing. Yeah, there was like three disciplines. There was like a there was like there was a speed discipline. And then there was like a bouldering. There was like three different three different types. Yeah, of and climb. It took all day. Like the competition <laughs> took all day. It well, wasn't. The, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was pretty interesting, but it wasn't great visually. You know? Yeah, I I think that's why I I didn't see any of that on CBC. So I again I it could be um, that we didn't have any athletes that would worth showing, or it was just shown at times when I was like asleep. I, yeah. I just never saw it, saw any of that at all. Um, I guess one, one good thing is Canadian athletes didn't uh, win in uh, speed walking. That one, that one still, I don't get that. Got a bronze. Did we? Oh yep. man. Yep. yep. Was that it the guy done. that's in the K in the KD commercials? I guess you didn't it watch is, the yeah. TV. That's, is that's, that the guy? That's the guy. I, again, the commercial, because the commercials were replayed over and over and ad nauseum, I thought that was just a comedian. I didn't realize he was like an athlete. He is pretty funny, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. 50, 50 kilometer race walk. What's amazing about, about that sport is like, it's so technical. Like you can only go like, like if you, if your One stride foot. is off, yeah. you know, you can get disqualified. Imagine like having to keep that discipline for 50 kilometers of, of walking like it is pretty amazing it, it it is amazing and also when you watch them move it's kind of like it aren't it looks like you can get hip dysplasia at the end of it just <laughs> yes. the way that they move like it just oh man but you're yeah. right uh, canada did you know not too well not too bad 24 medals seven that's the, gold. that's the most they've ever got at every game except for los angeles which was boycotted by the eastern block yeah so so i think it, it might have been their best olympics when you think about winning like decathlon gold 200 meter gold women's soccer gold women's eights eights, eights rowing gold all that swimming yeah. you know success um you know, I think it, I think I think it was probably the best Olympics I've ever seen. I've ever personally seen them have. Oh, one one more story that I was I want to bring up when I when I was watching it was that um, crazy men's karate um, scenario where um, the guy from Saudi Arabia won the fight, but he got disqualified shortly afterwards because he threw this pretty powerful kick and it knocked the other guy out now i have to explain that in olympic karate because this is also new to olympics right yes yeah first year they don't wear headgear so unlike boxing or taekwondo they it, it they they don't wear any gear at all and i don't know if that's just the way it is but yeah um, apparently he 
got disqualified for an unchecked kick to the head, uh, which made me think, is a kick to the head legal? I think it is, I guess. But I guess you're supposed to check the kick and not follow through, which he did. And um, it, it did look like an accident. I don't think he was, you know, Cobra Kai trying mm-hmm. to take the guy's head off. But mm-hmm. um, but, but you were mentioning off air that, yeah, after watching Olympic karate, uh, it, it, it kind of burst your bubble because it wasn't like the All Valley uh, karate tournament. No, it wasn't at all. Damn and... you, Cobra Kai. <laughs> you lied to us again. I, was, I, I, you know, I, I love Cobra Kai, so I was really interested in watching <laughs> it, knowing full well it wasn't, you know, you were going to see any crane kicks or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's just very, it's just very defensive and very, I guess, sort of technical. And, you know, I think if you, you know, were, were like a proper martial artist or whatever, like you'd have respect for how they did it. But like, it's just, to me, it just, it just, like, I liked watching, I like watching the, 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 uh, the Taekwondo and the Judo a lot more for for the combat sports in the olympics than or even the the wrestling than the than the karate the karate just didn't translate uh for me personally it was you, just you know it was just like a lot of it was just a lot of like you were saying it's a lot of head fakes a lot of you know and then and then not and then not kicking the guy yeah they're not they're not throwing fireballs or sweeping the leg no no um you know what my favorite combat olympic sport is what's that uh, water polo. Do you ever watch that? <laughs> it's that, that, is, that is vicious. Yeah. And and I didn't realize like I, I I didn't realize that the pool is deep. Like I, I thought they were kind of like that they Marco were standing polo, on the yeah. Marco Polo bobbing. <laughs> like but no, they're they're treading water yeah. throughout the whole game, swimming. Yeah. And yeah. what seems to be you know, contact is quite quite allowed, right? And and it almost looks like there's certain th- certain moves. Like, wow, is that other person trying to drown the other person? Yeah. And then yeah. I did some reading, and I, I I read that there were people doing dirty things, like letting their toenails grow out, and, and they're used as weapons. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, getting getting a uh, getting stabbed by improvised devices and <laughs> stuff like that. Jeez, like I if if I I if if I was back at Carlton, I would have went and watched a few more water polo games. Yeah, because we had a pretty uh, Carlton had a pretty decent team, right? I, uh, I think we did okay. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do well in many sports. You know, when 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 Larry and I I needed to qualify for the for the listeners when Larry and I went to Carlton, this was long before the days of Carlton's basketball supremacy. <laughs> 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 Athletics at Carlton were sort of like a very 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 much an afterthought yeah. but yeah i do think that the water polo team was pretty i do remember them being moderately successful as well as the women's soccer team i think i, I think if you got the right promotion like you get uh like dana white behind it get joe rogan commentating <laughs> Jeez, i think water yeah. polo could be huge <laughs> forget about be. mixed martial arts yeah watch water polo yeah it could be all right, let's uh, let's go on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. Since our break, we got loads of headlines, but we're going to kind of do a quick headline run because we want to talk about uh, Black Widow. It uh, got released, um, well, yeah, I guess, in around the Olympic time, uh, and both you and I saw Curtis, so mm-hmm. um, 
love to hear your thoughts. Uh, but let's go on to the first headline. We're still in the pandemic as of today, but uh, lead off some on lead off on some other news that of things that uh, can shorten your mortality. Uh, so there's a study uh, that was done, and the headline is "Eating a hot dog could take 36 minutes off your life." Study says. Yeah. I I, uh, I once I, w- I once went to a Blue Jays game where they had where where uh, it was all you could eat, <laughs> and I ate seven hot dogs. So I so so I might be dead by the end of the week. <laughs> so the story says you may want to skip the toppings on your next hot dog or skip it altogether. Like, who paid for the study to say whether a hot dog is nutritionally good for you? No one no one eats a hot dog thinking it's the new superfood right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like help me out here yeah I, uh, I think that that whole sort of 36 minutes off your life thing too it's just kind of like overly simplistic and you know you know i guess basically what what the study is trying to say is like don't eat you, processed when you, foods when you eat yeah when you eat these processed foods you know you 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 basically deny yourself a healthy meal so you're not getting you know the nutrients or whatever you're, stuff you're like right that. yeah i don't know how you can exact how you can quantify it to be 36 I, I'd, I'd like to, i like the i like for someone to check that guy's math <laughs> because he, he they here's here's a bit of the math but they don't go into it exactly but apparently 61 grams of processed meat so that's they're they're basically declaring that this is a uh, uh a constant mm-hmm uh, yeah, it's been a while since I, I I've taken any math, but I do remember that. So, sixty one grams will result in the loss of twenty seven minutes of healthy life. It almost sounds like it's you you have that life bar in a video game, right? So it's going to take yeah. off a, a certain amount. Yeah, like in like in Zelda or something like that. Yeah. Um, but when you when you incorporate ingredients like sodium, trans fatty acids are factored in. The final value is exactly 36 minutes lost, Curtis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Those stories always always make me laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what was, well, there was a one here, something about how um, you can reclaim your your life, your lifeline, just like if, just like in a video game, where instead of, um, uh, you know, eating the bad food or the rotten food. I'm trying to remember the video game that's making me think of this, where if you make the mistake and you eat the wrong food, you actually lose life or take a penalty. But apparently if you eat, uh, what was that line about the fruit? And you could actually gain minutes back in your life. Ah, so you can gain 0.1 minutes. So a 10th of a minute, six minutes, I guess, right? Six, yeah, six. No, sorry, six seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> of, yeah, of six seconds of your life for every gram of fruit you eat. Yeah, so so you know that's why every time you eat a hot dog, you should just eat a pineapple afterwards, and then and then it'll balance. Pineapple out. being probably what a kilogram, at least a pound. <laughs> so we could, you know, so if we go by this guy's. Uh, so a thousand, let's just say a pineapple. Is pineapple a kilogram? Maybe, right? Like a yeah, big enough pineapple. Pretty, pretty big. Let's let's just yeah, let's just say it is. 
So thousand grams, point one minutes. So that would be a hundred minutes of your life, Curtis. Yeah. So that's the equivalent of uh, basically three hot dogs. Yeah, that's like a feature film. You can get a feature <laughs> film of your life back. The next time, like some you 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 talk to somebody, you say, "How do you like that movie?" And they're like, "That's a hundred minutes of my life I'll never have back." You say, "Like, yes, you yes you can, Just yes you can." Pineapple. Yeah, but it has to weigh a hundred. Uh, it has to weigh uh, exactly a kilogram. Yeah, which would actually which actually might mean you have to eat the whole thing. Like even yeah, the you'd, crazy yeah, you'd have part. to eat, you'd have to eat the entire pineapple, which would give you other problems probably with acid reflux and yeah indigestion. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so um, getting off uh, hot dogs, which are made for humans, uh, we can't go uh, an episode without going through some of the COVID headlines or COVID-esque. So, Curtis, after reading this headline and following this story, story I, I, I've basically come to the conclusion that we're in the golden age of stupidity. <laughs> Headline is, you are not a cow. FDA begs Americans to stop taking drug meant for livestock as COVID-19 remedy. Yes. So this has been in the news. This is the drug uh, Ivermectin, right? Yeah. Uh, which is normally used to treat par- uh, like stomach parasites or just parasites in general in cows yeah. and horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's livestock grade. Um. And I don't know who who I don't know who started this. Well, it's because it's it's we said this in our I think the last episode we we recorded before we we took our break, which was someone just decided to make the most ridiculous conspiracy theory story, and it took off. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure of it. Like, how does anyone even put two to two together? Because COVID's not a parasite. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know why I don't know why I don't know why they thought ivermectin was going to be uh was going to be able to treat like yeah, a uh was going to be able to treat treat like a a, a uh, uh what's the uh the virus like a virus. Yeah, yeah, uh, like like a respiratory virus, yeah. right? So yeah. apparently yes, the drug often used as a dewormer in livestock. Yeah. Maybe it's almost like the remember how we were saying maybe we can st- we can start a uh, our own conspiracy theory and say that uh, laxatives actually cure COVID nineteen. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's a bad idea because then 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 they start hoarding hoarding toilet paper again. Oh God, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. so no, no, people don't don't take laxatives. It, it, might, a, it might be a, it might it might be a boon for the bidet industry though. Oh, the the, I've, I've, the tushy sales. The tushy, you the tushy. must have stock in tushy before we start spreading that one around. Oh, absolutely. So, so the FDA tweet was hilarious. The tweet says, "You are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it." It's the y'all. I it's love the, the y'all. y'all. Yeah. So, what audience do you think they're aiming at? Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> Make it quite clear. So it's, uh, apparently, it's, it's not people from Williamsburg in New York. Um. So, you know, next to hydrochloroquine, what hydroxide chloroquine or whatever that was spreading around at the early pandemic. So now this is the latest wonder drug not meant to 
more respiratory diseases. But, but it's amazing because you'll watch Fox and they'll 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 say all the time like, uh, you know, why isn't this being offered in our hospitals and all this and and all this kind of stuff? And it's uh, you know, you're not. It's just it's just a battle that it, I don't know how you win that battle. You know, when there's. <laughs> You're not because people are looking for a quick fix to fix the problem rather than address the problem. Mm -hmm. And that, that's always been the thing, right? Like, give me a drug that I can take so I can keep eating as much red meat and drinking as much as I want and smoke as much as I want. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you mean? I shouldn't be doing any of those threes in, in massive quantities? You can't tell me what to do. You're taking away my freedoms, right? It's it's almost that same mentality with this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where there you're just let me live my life, let me catch COVID, but give me a drug that will quickly solve it, solve you know solve the problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, if, uh, in another story, and it's not in this one, I, uh, someone who has been taking ivermectin, like you know what one of the side effects are temporary oh. blindness. Oh jeez, because that's better. <laughs> that's better so you know it's kind of funny like some people will take this livestock drug over a vaccine that millions and millions have been getting and very few deaths from it or even you know really bad side effects like in the whole grand scheme of things when you're looking at the the, the numbers right yeah yeah no i it's nuts it, it's it's nuts and it's just a golden age of stupidity. It's a golden dude. age of stupidity. It's just amazing that there's like, I just don't understand this politicization of medicine. Like it's, it's that that's when, you know, you're in a golden age of stupidity. It's like, there's a, there's, there's a disease. They come up with a, with, with, a, with a vaccine. You take the vaccine, right? That's how it used to work. Now it's got to be this big political struggle. Well, someone, someone was was mentioning what the reason why all the politicization or maybe a lot of the hesitancy, perhaps, is because normally when you take vaccines, you're just taking it as a kid. Like very, very few vaccines are taken as an adult. Mm -hmm. Very few, like you know, but they're. People are comfortable with them because I guess you just, you either luck out and you don't get it. Like, uh, what's the one that you usually get when you're over 50? The one for shingles, right? Mm -hmm. But you can only take it when you're at that age and, you know. Any case, uh, to continue on our golden age of stupidity headlines, fake Moderna, spelled M A D E R. NA vaccine card leads woman's arrest in Hawaii. So this woman, uh, Chloe here, who's 24, didn't want the uh, 10 day quarantine for visitors. Yeah. Um, tried to show her own handwritten vaccination card and she spelled Moderna wrong. You know what? I so I, I think we missed the boat here, Curtis. Again, once again, you know, with with spreading the conspiracy theory and trying to make some, making money by having people take laxatives to uh, cure COVID nineteen, we should have months ago started producing fake vaccination cards and um, 
and start selling them on the black market, like fake ID to the, like some 16 year old. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of McLovin cards. In fact, that's all we'd make just McLovin and, you know, pick your, pick your combination or your, uh, uh, choice of, um, of the vaccine. You can have F I Z U R M A D R N A. I guess I guess they wouldn't bother misspelling. Yeah. AstraZeneca. So so instead of uh, instead of ten days in quarantine in Hawaii, she got herself two thousand dollars fine. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's it. You know. <laughs> How oh, how, how do you how do you live in this in this new cycle and not how know how to spell Moderna? Even if you're a even if you're an anti-vaxxer, you'd at least know how to spell Moderna, right? Because because it would be you'd be railing against it and being or yeah, or you try to make the card look so authentic that you probably would have like looked at a real one, yeah, and filled it out verbatim, yeah, instead of trying to create one on your own um yeah moderna moderna (laughs) all right so while we were off the air um marvel did a hybrid release which apparently they are now in trouble for of uh black widow so hybrid release it was released on much like a lot of the movies in the um the pandemic uh, it was released in the theaters in some limited capacity, and then you could also get it on Disney Plus, paying, uh, you know, not too bad of a price. It was like thirty five dollars, something like that. Yeah. Um, which uh, let, let's talk about the story uh, about Disney getting being in trouble uh, at, near the tail end, but let's talk about the movie. So, this is the Black Widow solo movie, uh, retcon uh story line um taking place in the right after the events of civil war which was uh natasha romanoff basically turns on team iron man uh basically assaults the king of wakanda and i assume that things take place basically almost right away where the authorities are trying to bring her in because of her breaking the oath to team Iron Man, I guess that's probably the best way. Right. Hmm. Um, and then she's on the run on the run. I guess no different than captain America would have been. And, uh, she is reunited with her, uh, sister who we learn more about with, through some flashbacks and, um, and, and basically her made up family. So I guess we'll just say spoilers from here because we'll just kind of go there. But, um, Curtis, what did you think? of the black widow movie uh i liked it i mean uh i kind of i mean i think the thing i liked about it the most was the uh the family dynamic with her made-up family Mm um i mean especially you know so essentially and again as larry said like spoilers from here on out but uh like it starts off with like natasha and her made-up family living in ohio sort of in the early nineties, I guess, is sort of like this, uh, you know, sort of like an idyllic suburban American lifestyle. And, uh, and then they end up, um, uh, having to leave in a hurry and, 
and 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 they go to Cuba, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and the guy, and and so the the you find out that her that her that you know her parents are like Russian sleeper agents, and her and and her sort of fake father is is you know very, um, he's he's very, I guess, patriotic, like the Russian Russian version of. Uh, of of patriotic um and uh you don't get a good sense sense of him um that's why i kind of liked how his character kind of pans out like he actually turns out to be a pretty likable guy <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of, like very yeah, funny he, he... good comic timing by uh david harbour who plays who plays uh, alexi the red guardian yeah yeah he's because he you, you get the sense that he's kind of vain right like yeah he um it almost sounds like he wants to get back into the suit. Yes. And he tries at one point and it doesn't quite fit, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Larry. No, no, no. I was going to say the only thing, the, the only thing that's neat about it was the performance of the young Natasha, because you, you get the sense that she knew what was going on, but the younger sister, Yelena mm-hmm. has no clue because I guess she's way too young to determine. I think, like Natasha knew that they were, they were always like I th- she's already done done the pack up and leave. Yeah, like you kind of get that sense. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, um, and and that you know both young a- actresses did a really good job during those early kind of ninety scenes. And yeah, then there's this dramatic, um, airplane takeoff scene, right? And you realize there's more to Alexi, right? Like he's yeah. got super strength and he's got speed and yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's essentially like a super soldier. Yeah, um, yeah, I I I like the movie too. I I I'll give it a bit of tough love because it probably, um, I wouldn't say weaker, but it, it did suffer from a few things that kind of bothered me about these superhero movies, and a lot of them are very immersive and they're very good at what they do. This movie took me out of that immersion a few times because of jarring things that i saw on the screen and i'll i'll kind of go over a few of them so um the first thing let's talk about natasha so if you look at natasha's kind of timeline of being the black widow like it starts off just being super spy and did you notice that in the early days she was always packing heat right she's always had a gun and then i think later on i think after the avengers first avengers movie they basically just you know got rid of the guns from her and she had like another arsenal of of weapons Mm. in this movie she's basically the comic book character the tick she's indestructible like the amount of abuse natasha takes in this movie either in a fist fight or exploding cars that turn over, I don't know how many times. And she comes out of it as if she's like a villain in the A team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is almost laughable. Like I, it took me out a few times where she showed this indestructibility. And I think the, the one that really bothered me was uh, it's when the other widows attack her and her sister in Budapest. Mm-hmm. Hope I pronounced that correctly because those uh there was that ongoing joke, right? Yes, yeah. And she falls out of the side of the building and she hits like a fire escape and some pipes and it, like sure it's breaking her fall, but 
you have to remember that Natasha is not like a super soldier. She's just a super spy and she's well-trained and she's got good instincts. And But she takes a lot of abuse going down. It reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Homer tries to jump the gorge mm-hmm. yeah. and he hits like everything on the way down. At least Homer was bleeding. Yeah. She was just like, she kind of came out unscathed. She kind of did her superhero landing, which was also something funny because they, they make an ongoing joke of her. Mm doing the superhero landing right yeah kind of kind of you know making a little little joke about that that was yeah. kind of funny too because she does do it every single time in every single movie so that's kind that, of that, funny that they... that's right so it's the it's the superhero land with the hair flick yeah yeah um but yelena who makes that joke like her and like you said her and alexi or red guardian yeah i found those two more likable than natasha in this movie <laughs> oh for sure they were yeah for sure they were they were more and th- not that there was anything wrong with natasha in this movie like scarlett johansson's done a good job playing oh. that character for for like a decade or however long it's been but yeah just the like like those two characters are fresh and and really and and like funny and yeah just sort very likable very likable yeah um and you know, uh, so that that so indestructibility of <laughs> Black Widow. Um, the other thing that kind of took me out was the villain, and <laughs> the villain in the floating fortress in the sky who somehow eludes <laughs> anybody. But that's fine, you know, fine. He's got his right, floating. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's I, and I I I told you this. I asked you this in the uh, before we started recording. Was I wonder if they intentionally casted the actor or an actor to look like Harvey Weinstein to be this villain that presides over a army of women? Yeah, he definitely. Um... Yeah, I, I I don't know if I was if I was if I was getting as Weinsteiny a vibe from him, but I know what you're saying because he definitely was like uber misogynist, like to to a laughable degree, to, to the point where like it was you know it was it was comical. Um, it, it, he, he was he was constantly sweaty around the women, and yeah. he'd be just awkwardly close. He was pretty. He was pretty sweaty, and that that does give him a bit of a Weinstein sort of edge. Uh, and, and he and he's he's over. And the whole thing is that he has this control over all yeah. the women. Yes, right. Yes, that is true. That is um, true. So so he was kind of a weird thing, and also his office also gave off that creepy casting couch vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, another character i didn't really understand and maybe someone can explain it to me is the character um what is his name uh mason yeah so he plays natasha's q if you will out of the james bond movies so he's like i guess he's supposed to be x shield or you you don't really know because they don't really i'm sure maybe that it's sitting on an editing room floor someone explaining Mm -hmm. what is going on um, but, uh, I, I don't, I didn't really understand his character and the fact that he kept getting stuff for Natasha and we're not talking the first scene when you see him give him passports and identities, I went, okay, that's fine. She needs some help to get her, help her on the run. But then like the ordinance of things that he brings her every, mm-hmm. every time he's on the screen again, like gets 
greater and greater until he she she gets a quinjet for him yeah yeah like that is uh, that sort of sort of stretches the uh the credulity of of the of that character like you know getting a quinjet like i could see like i think he, what does he get like a helicopter for at one point in time or like, yeah they use that the for the jailbreak or, yeah yeah they yeah yeah so i mean you know i could kind of see that you know um he had to call in a few favors or whatever but a quinjet is just is just ridiculous i say a quinjet are there multiple quinjets i don't even know i, I thought maybe there was just the, the one quinjet <laughs> Did no, no, I, I, no, no, I, I, there, there's, there's multiple, right? There's the one that, uh, that Hulk takes to the, uh, the trash planet. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So there, there's, there, there, you assume that there's a fleet of them. Yeah. Right. It's not um, like the Blackbird. The X-Men can only afford one plane, but the Avengers can afford. Can hey, afford there's the only so much you can milk out of, uh, tuition for the mutants. Yeah. Kids, right? Yeah, it's true. What are these? What are, what are, <laughs> what are these extra fees for? What are these, what are these utility fees for? <laughs> um, you know, I I think I I I like this. I like the background story. It was great. Uh, uh, like I said, ScarJo playing that character. Yes, the the Scarlet Witch. Uh, sorry, the Black Widow character is very good, and this kind of takes you back to that. Uh, th- it's more. This movie's more of a thriller movie than a superhero movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure, and and I and I really like um, the Winter Soldier, so it was kind of in that sort of vein. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, it was pretty entertaining. I think some of it too, because I know you were saying um, off off mic that uh, you know you could tell that it was shot during the pandemic, and there was like you know some of the green screening was obvious and stuff like that. I I, I wonder if. Because I saw it on my TV, you saw it in the theater. I wonder if if I saw it on my t- on the TV, if some of that stuff isn't as apparent. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yes, yes, yes. Uh, I that that's probably a good point. So I, I didn't mention it yet. So this was my first venture back into the movie theater. So I saw I saw it in the theaters. You saw it on TV. Um, you know how those movie, you know how movies do, uh, they do storyboards and then they do like pre-visualizations have you ever seen that when they're doing making of these sci-fi movies mm-hmm. uh, so basically it's like a rough render cg so that they can kind of i guess block the shot and kind of get the sense of the shot mm-hmm. it almost seemed like they didn't refine those pre-visualizations and then said oh we're locked down we got to get this movie out let's just get them out and that and one of them would have been her falling out of that window like it looked like something that really you know yes we want her falling but the way that she hit so many things on the way down just you know it just you know it just takes you out of it but you're right there's this lovely shot of them driving through the streets of budapest and then any other driving scene in between when they're just talking like in the car it looks like dukes of hazard Mm. where it's Natasha just moving the steering wheel, rocking it back and forth where <laughs> no one drives like that. Otherwise they'd be swarping all over the road. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just stuff is happening through the windows, right? Like that you, 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 
that's the sense I I, I got. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but it is a, a a tough time for the for them to put out that movie and and the timing of it because there was a lot of there was quite a few reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me, let me talk about the ending because I don't think you gave me an answer about the ending. The ending I thought was I, I found it confusing um, because the Black Widows um, with Yelena and Alexi. They escape in what the last working jet of the Weinstein fleet. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't know why Natasha doesn't go with them, but Natasha says I'll kind of hold them off and let you guys escape. So this is what who who's coming is uh, um, is good old Secretary Ross, right? General yeah. Ross. Is yeah. it is he general? I guess it was yeah, it was general and a secretary, right? Yeah. So Secretary Ross finally catches up to the black uh, the Black Widow, and she the scene ends with like her kind of looking at the the the, the fleet of cars and jeeps coming towards her. So you're thinking, okay, is there gonna be a fight? Is there gonna be some parlay? The scene cuts, and then it goes to pre Avengers Infinity War. So she now has shorter hair. It's bleach blonde. And she's with Mason, and Mason gives her the Quinjet. The movie ends. Credit rolls. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Huh? So did she go to jail?" But so I, I thought I found the ending weird, as if there was like another fight scene where she escapes, and they just decided not to show it. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Um... Yeah, I guess you're just—I guess you're just sort of left to left to your own devices on that. Yeah. Um, like, does she get does she get captured and 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 escape later? Does she escape then? Um, I imagine she probably escapes then. But you're right; they didn't. Uh, I guess maybe they ran out of money or whatever. <laughs> the run movie's running too long. We gotta shorten it. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, it's it's not as it's not as annoying, and I'll maybe I'll bring up your bring ask you for your opinion about it because I was kind of mixed about it. Um, the Ocean's Eleven explanation of what happened once you get to the fortress. Did you find that that was necessary? So what I'm exp- what I'm trying what I'm talking about is you're led to believe that Rachel Weiss's character turns them all in right yeah and brings them to harvey weinstein mm-hmm. which i should really say his name is Drakoff, but yeah i, I think we call him <laughs> weinstein and then it's revealed that oh no it's not it's actually natasha wearing the sh- shield it, it's always convenient that they have that facial mask mm-hmm. projection thing yeah yeah and then they go through kind of like a you know while while you were watching this hand do something over here, this is what was really happening, and then they kind of played out the plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess unlike the plan, like at least in Ocean's Eleven, you it's there's no dialogue, right? It's just kind of like they're piecing how the heist was actually being pulled off, and this is how they. While Andy Garcia is trying to figure out how did they do this, and they're just kind of, you know, putting the pieces together for you. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. What what did you think of it, or did you not think anything of it, or am I just being? Too I didn't think too. I didn't think too much of it. Um, okay. Yeah, I just sort of, you know, in these kind of films, that kind of exposition just sort of happens sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, 
Just, uh... Yeah, I think I, I think for me it was just not necessary that when Natasha reveals that it's her, or because yeah. he actually d- figures it out, right? He figures it out. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't think it was necessary to find out. Well, how did Natasha get here? Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I I like you said, I I didn't think it was needed, but I just thought um, maybe I'm just being too nitpicky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I you know, I guess the uh the viewer could be given the benefit of the the doubt okay. that they would that they that they would be able to figure that out on their own and maybe you don't need all that stuff but uh yeah i didn't really okay, think well, of it at the time okay well the thing is if you didn't notice it it wasn't jarring for you mm-hmm. um then that's perfectly fine right like that you know, you were enjoying the trip um which is which is fine you know i i i i think lately uh i finally now kind of understand where the need for fanboys to have everything explained to them and they love these retcon pieces especially in star wars and and even to a lesser extent marvel and i was reading a quote and i was trying to determine who said the quote but it it totally made sense why people love these these things that happen off screen that you know oh is it canon is it not um i think it's like a thing that we have today where people feel like they need to be in control because when you're watching a movie or reading a book you're basically a hostage to the narrative right and i don't think people like that anymore or just not being in control in our world of oh i want to see this movie or want to see this episode of this tv show or watch this youtube video and you and you know instead of you know waiting for an episodic show you're watching it all and you can choose which episode that you want to watch that people feel like they need to have control over that narrative now versus just letting the story unfold and told the way that the person wanted to be told mm-hmm. um, at least that's that's that, that kind of dawned on me especially with with all these marvel movies because they they just uh you know, you get people the 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 minute the movie ends, you always have the people, and I I I may be guilty of it as well, where they say, oh, well, I would have done it this way, or the movie would have been better if this this and this happened, which is fine, you know. But yeah. people have to realize, uh, don't you don't need to have control over that, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you if you kind of let go of that. You know, sometimes it's, uh, but you know, it's hard. Like I, I, I felt the same way about like Revenge of the Sith. I had, I had sort of like an idea in my mind of what would make Anakin turn to the mm-hmm. dark side, and what that, and what it ended up being was so I felt disappointing compared to what I had in my head. Um, you know, basically like that he just didn't feel like he got enough respect. Well, <laughs> they they have they have a second chance at it with the Kenobi TV show. That's right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that's where I'm like moaning. Oh, don't bother, guys. Just let it. Just let it lie. <laughs> just let it lie. I got to um, admit, though, that trailer did look pretty sweet. <laughs> um. So the after credit scene is something worth t- just chatting about, only because we've already seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, and this movie was supposed to come out before that, mm-hmm. where the after credit scene is you meet uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character of Madame Hydra or Val, 
yeah. supposedly for the first time, but for most, for everyone else now, it's the second time they're meeting Val. Yeah. Where Val um, uh, goes to Yelena, who Yelena went to um, Natasha's gravestone because right. he's now catched up, caught up to modern time. This is after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's there, and Val has a chat with her, assumably putting her on a path. A collision course path, if you will, with uh, Jeremy Renner's uh, Hawkeye or Clint. Mm-hmm. So, um, hey, I, I'm I'm game with that. You yeah, know, it's, it's, I'm looking it's forward good, to that. Yeah, that one, that one, that that one's interesting uh, to me. If they make um, that Hawkeye TV show anywhere near as interesting as that that run of Hawkeye comics that started in like in around 2012 or whatever, that were just it was just mm-hmm. like fantastic of of the same storyline, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's her with the the, the apprent- being the apprentice to yes, yeah, yeah Kate Bishop, yeah. Kate Bishop yeah. being the apprentice to uh, to Clint. To yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. I'm looking looking forward to that. But um, but the Marvel plan is still going right. So in a few weeks, in fact, no, sorry, this weekend, yeah, Shang Chi opens up. I I have tickets. I'm going back to the theater again, Curtis. Yeah. I know I'm brave. So I'm going to go see the movie on Saturday. So at the next episode, we can kind of talk about that. Um, I think they're putting a lot of pressure on this movie, you know. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It, it, it's it's I, I hope it delivers. Um, I've heard uh, I've heard I've heard uh, I've heard pretty good things so far. Yeah, I, I, I think so. They got they got pretty solid cast in, yeah. in Toronto's own Simu plays shang chi and he's got a good look and i think the camera loves him and um he uh so he's got some longevity with that marvel paycheck i've heard you know, uh, i've heard some good things about uh tony lung as uh the mandarin saying that he you know is is one of the better marvel villains like one of the more nuanced uh marvel oh, villains so that should be great yeah. You know, there for those that don't know chinese cinema like there's a lot of chinese like the older uh, actors that are in that movie are like powerhouses over in Hong Kong. Like Tom, Tony Lung's not a, he's not a, he's, he's not a newcomer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. neither is Michelle Yeoh. No. Right. Yeah. It, 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 again, I watched Michelle Yeoh and it's like, how old is this woman? She, <laughs> yeah. Is she like, she's like, she's like almost 70 and she looks fantastic. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Did, do you watch uh, Star Trek Discovery? Uh, I know that she's she's sort of in it, right? She's in it a lot, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought she was like a, either a flashback or some character that just kind of pops in once in a yeah. while. Yeah, last okay. season she was in she was in almost every episode, I would say. So, uh, Shang Chi. Uh, two months later, we have the Eternals, which is another. Wow, that's a huge chance. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like you said, it's a really obscure comic. Yes. Um, if anyone is interested in reading the Eternals, the Jack Kirby one, obviously it's Jack Kirby. Go read it. I actually read the Neil Gaiman one. So this was written, I think, in 2012. It's like a reimagining of the Jack Kirby, but Neil Gaiman wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I, I, I would recommend it. It's like a seven-issue run. You can get it on um, trade paperback or hardcover. Um, the artwork is very good. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, interesting story about like origins of the human race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marvel style. 
so it'll be interesting. Um, and I didn't realize there was a bit of a, a, a Game of Thrones reunion because I forgot that Kit Harrington, did I say his last yep. name? Yep. Is in the movie. He play. he's not actually an internal, but he plays um, the Black Knight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh and 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 uh richard madden is icarus if i'm not mistaken that's that's right right. yeah that's right so he so the starks starks reunite yeah yeah (laughs) winter is coming (laughs) um so yeah if anyone's interested in reading the eternals i got the the neil gaiman 2012 uh reissue that's it's that's very good Oh, I, I saw another Game of, Th- of Thrones um, reunion that I wasn't expecting. And it was, uh, I watched the, the new Ma- uh, Masters of the Universe cartoon on uh, the Kevin Smith. Oh, the Kevin Smith one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've been hearing things. I haven't actually seen an episode. I really liked it. I yeah. really liked it. And I liked it for, I think, all the reasons the fanboys hated it, which is often the case with me. Um, but I It is animated, it. right? It's animated, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Lena Headey, uh, Cersei Lannister plays uh, Evil Lynn, and mm. uh, and uh, Davos Seaworth, uh, Liam Cunningham, uh, he plays uh, Man at Arms. Oh, right on! Yeah, so it's a good uh, good Game of Thrones, and and uh, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Oh, not a surprise! Oh. Not surprised! Not surprised oh. at and, all! And and he's he's as good as you'd think he'd be in that role. Oh, his his voice his voice work uh hamill is so good at right oh yeah and and i i was actually quite disappointed when i saw the um making of the final episode of mandalorian they did a specific episode just on the luke return yeah and i was waiting and waiting waiting and i thought oh yeah i wanted to know how hamill did himself but younger self i'm sure he could do it if he you know heard it and practiced it enough but I was disappointed to hear that. Nope, that is thank you, NASA. That was all computer generated. Oh no, yeah. So they did the lines, and the computer just spat out exactly. Just, I guess it's kind of like deep fake, but uh, with audio, which is kind of scary. Huh. So it's, if you watch the documentary, they talk about it. Yeah, and and how they did the face, and um, and uh, that was also using that quote-unquote deep fake technology rather than the anti-aging and like that um, really uncanny valley stuff that they that they use sometimes with uh or 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 i guess the the worst ones are the ones where they bring people back from the dead like peter cushing and uh yeah that that is uh what do they i forgot what they call that one but basically yeah they get another actor they put all the computer rendering so they basically make a cg version like the fan like thanos right right it's the same the way they put a camera like this headgear camera and it's capturing all your muscle movements yeah they they did not go with that for obvious reasons because i think that technology unless you're doing a character like thanos Mm -hmm. but you're basically trying to take a comic book character to life that's you know larger than life yeah but yeah you're right the grand moth tarkin i found it distracting yeah i mean it was it was it was a neat attempt like they mm-hmm. were like they were almost there and i think the fact that and i think that's what's maybe the most disturbing is because it's so close but but you can tell it's not there you know like yeah. if it if it if it had to look like a dog's breakfast you would have just laughed but uh 
Yeah, so the technology they used to recreate young Hamill was, yeah, I guess it's very, I guess it's that deep fake technology where they take all these images of Hamill through, like, all, from all the movies, all the interviews he's done during that time, like, all the press, like, everything they could get, get their hands on, uh, on Hamill, and they let the computer go. Mm-hmm. And they found images and positions and lighting that they needed, and they just stitched together um, this image, <laughs> which is quite amazing and quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... You know, especially with other implications if someone can get their hands on this technology, right? But that's uh that's another that's another <laughs> explanation to be given. So um after the Eternals, um not a Disney Marvel movie, but uh Spider Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um so I assume that one also picks up uh, a bit more of the whole multiverse thing. I don't know if the Eternals will necessarily touch upon that or even the Shang Chi movie Mm -hmm. i think i think the spider-man kind of because well dr strange is in it and they kind of allude to the fact that's how they um they bring back uh dr octopus right right yeah because something splits or or whatever so that 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 checks out because i think i think they kind of did that the first time around right where there's certain movies where there's nothing to talk about infinity stones and then they'll suddenly bring one up right mm-hmm. yeah that's right yeah uh, when they need when they need a mcguffin <laughs> when they need a MacGuffin, yeah uh before we sign off uh both uh, curtis you were mentioning the what if cartoon which is on right now so i guess they're the tonight aired the third episode Four, uh, the fourth fourth episode. fourth, fourth yeah. episode yeah the doctor strange episode once again um animation's great and Cumberbatch t- comes back and does the role. Actually, I think almost everybody of the main character, except for uh, Rachel McAdams, right? Oh shoot, it was Rachel McAdams. Oh really? Yeah. I I I I didn't recognize her. So basically, everybody. Yeah, Tilda Swinton, <laughs> Benedict Wong. Yeah, the whole cast really. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It's it's amazing how many people they've got. You know, it was great. The second episode, of course, was the what if the Ravagers kidnapped T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. And it was, uh, and it was Chad, Chad Chadwick Boseman's yeah. last, uh, his last role, I guess, or it was last time, at least as T'Challa. Uh, so yeah. That was kind of, well, they, they didn't, they, well, I guess sort of a spoiler, but I don't know where he's showing up, but apparently that was his last appearance where he's f- the feature main character. I think he's actually going to be showing up in other what if episodes, lending his voice. Oh, okay. okay. So, well, it, it, yeah, it, it will be more. He's like a side character, like because uh, if they do the zombie one, uh, he is in the in the comic. I do remember he is like one of the main characters. Like he's one of the last few heroes that are that are not infected. Right. Right. Um, who helps? Peter Parker and Reed Richards either find a cure or some. I, I have to go back and try to find them, but I know that I know that he's um, he's one of the surviving human superheroes, so it it could be the same case. I I, I really like the uh, what if so far. It's pretty it's it's pretty dark. Uh, the third and fourth episodes in particular were pretty uh, pretty dark. Um, well, the, the, yeah, because even historically the comic book. Uh, versions they were they're almost like 
watching and reading an episode of the twilight zone right yeah yes where you know either the story still has the same ending no matter what happens i guess in the case of the captain america uh captain carter mm-hmm. it's just, like it has similar fate right yeah yeah they're now out of time yeah um uh, but yeah, this past episode, this Doctor Strange episode, wow, that was a downer. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good, but it was, but it was really, yeah, it was a really real downer. Like, yeah, you destroyed the universe. Now you're gonna live out existence on your own in some void. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just with regret of all. I, I was actually surprised that they they pulled that card early or in the fourth episode where someone actually is 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 engaging with the watcher. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was the first time that uh, the watcher. The watcher is usually only much like in the What If comic. The watcher would would, would introduce it, introduce yeah. the premise, and that's what it's like on the show. Well, he's and, the Rod Sterling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this was the first episode where. You're, the Watcher, because there's even one time before Doctor Strange talks directly to the Watcher, where the Watcher's like, he's on the wrong path, but I cannot intervene. Whereas, like, normally he just introduces it and then doesn't say anything and then and then sort of has a little bit of an epilogue at the end. But the the third the third episode, I just want to say uh, Crazy Hank Pym. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And it was Michael Douglas, right? I, I believe it was, yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess you know when you have that much Marvel money and you're this character. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like that episode. Um, Hiddleston came back to play Loki. Yep. And uh, and also Jamie Alexander. Hey, just yep. We we need Lady Sif back. Yep. Sam Jackson. Uh, um, was... I guess the only one that they didn't uh, like uh, ScarJo didn't uh, come back for to play Natasha, right? No. Uh, no, Scarjo didn't play Natasha, and uh, and uh, RDJ didn't play Iron Man, and William Hurt didn't come back to play General um, Ross. Right, but Mark Ruffalo yeah. did play the Hulk. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's so, it's, it's quite uh, quite quite something. Like same with the second episode, they got like all the you know they got uh, Michael Rooker. Um, Karen Gillan, like they got, yeah, they they're getting all the, mm-hmm. all the talent. No, they're, they're, to come back for well, that. it's 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 they they made those roles famous, right? Yeah. So they spare no expense, even though quote unquote it's animated. They the they they wanted to keep it keep the quality high, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. uh, I I guess we'll close off with the the thing I mentioned um, earlier about. Um, the 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 hybrid release of Black Widow and that's kind of in the courts right now. So um, Scarlett Johansson's people are suing Disney for, um, I guess, a portion of her paycheck because I guess they were promised or her contract was promised that it would be released in the theaters. Obviously, the pandemic hit, but. Uh, as an executive producer, she gets a cut of the box office. Mm-hmm. But when you do the hybrid release and you have people like yourself, Curtis, <laughs> I'm not blaming you, but um, so your none of your thirty dollars that you paid for that movie goes to ScarJo. If, if she wants, if she wants me to, I will send her a check for like thirty five dollars. 
with a, with an apology. Yeah. So um, so there there's a there there's a suit going on. I don't know if they'll settle out of court. Most likely they'll just settle and just just pay her out. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she's played this character for ten years. She got her twenty mil guaranteed, then plus plus plus. Give her the plus plus plus. Yeah. And the thing is, because this, I think a lot of people in Hollywood are probably looking at this in uh, with extra attention because this will probably this will set the precedence, right, for a hybrid release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, if things go well, we may not be seeing too many hybrid releases. Um, you know going for what well, I, I unless unless some distributors want to look at it as a post-pandemic model which i guess is possible but i think from from the from the sounds of things i think all of them really want to you know the return of the theatrical the fully theatrical release mm-hmm. no no i think they do uh and shang chi will be the first full one for marvel back and Simu has partnered with Cineplex and he's got like, I think a series of commercials or a big commercial where he's kind of welcoming people back and, you know, kind of, it's kind of like a cross promotion of Marvel and Cineplex, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so he's, he's still doing hometown crowd. He's not, uh, he's not completely Hollywood yet. He hasn't forgotten where he came from. Yeah. You know, yeah represent yeah yeah for sure so well we we could talk about uh that next week so hopefully you'll be able to catch it yourself so we can uh we we can uh we can chat about it um if not we can talk about the the next episode of what if and our additional headlines as we kind of get back into the swing of things so um yeah so i had a great break um dying to kind of get back on the train of putting out our weekly content so you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, give us some comments. It helps people find us, and it will help other Russians uh, find us who clearly have made the conclusion that we're entertaining. That's right. Hey, you know, the Russian, Russian, Russians have a uh, have a history of uh, excellent taste and. In- literature and uh ballet and nope. fine arts and i think we fit right in with that we, hey. we are we are we are like the 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 the, the bolshoi of podcasts <laughs> and that we are so thank you again curtis and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber you won't hear me i'm living the good life while i'm working from home